welcome back to another week of In the Bolt, another week full of football. This week's going to be even better. How did your football weekend go? Football week was awesome. It ended up in the basement watching uh, Scott, watching the two games on the side. And I will tell you, you sprung for the NFL ticket this year. Yeah. So much better than watching the freaking Bears and Colts every yeah. single weekend. That was That's a miserable experience watching those two teams every week. The Bears are funny, at least. Yes, it's that's funny. true. But it is, I mean, being able to put whatever games we want on the side. I will say, so our setup is a big TV in the middle that has the sound, and then two slightly less big TVs on the sides. For a while, I was like, oh, we can do a four-pack on one of the sides. A little overwhelming that to was me. A, that was a little much. Yeah. So we swapped that out. We put Herbert on the on that side TV and basically ended up screaming about him for three and a half hours. It, yeah. he He's obviously very good, but that... So, I mean, yeah, let's just get into recapping the week. Yeah, let's jump um, into it. Week two of the NFL. Let's just start with the, that Chargers game. The Chargers are 0-2 despite possibly having the most talented roster in the league, just guy to guy, like so many big names. And Herbert has been playing very well. I believe they are the first team to have whatever yards with zero turnovers through two weeks and be 0-2. That's a, that's a tough, tough thing to do. And you can vouch for me on – First year, Brandon Staley, I loved him. Mm-hmm. I was a big Brandon Staley guy. The anti-nerds scared him. He's no longer like EV, EV plus on any of his decisions. It, he's, he coaches scared now. It's going to get him fired. And it should get him fired. Yeah. What, what the heck were they doing in overtime? They, I, yep. I, I, needed the, I just needed them to win. That's all I needed from that game. Not, and, not even a cover. And oh my gosh, they made that su- they made such a meal out of that. It was ridiculous. And they're just I mean, they're wasting wasting Herbert. The big issue with um the uh, Lombardi from last year. Herbert has arguably the biggest arm in the league. His rookie year obviously went nuts. And his average depth of target was something, I don't know, six, seven yards, something crazy. It's insane. So they bring in Kellen Moore, who likes to stretch the field. Hasn't been any different through two weeks. Everything's a screen pass. Everything's a rocket. Everything is a quick out, maybe a slant to Mike Williams. They don't let the man air the ball out. I don't understand it. They've played mistake-free football through two weeks, and they're just not winning games. Do you think if we started a let Herbie cook hashtag, it might you know, make some sort of impact? I don't think while Staley's around, which may not be for a whole lot longer. And it's... I'm rightfully so. I was upset that Herbert even re-signed with the Chargers. Like, I know you have to with the money, the way it works in the NFL, but I really wish he would have left because it's – that's a that's a, I, that's just a trash He looks franchise. good in that jersey, though. He does. And, yeah, unfortunately, it just always – he's destined to be the guy that puts up crazy numbers, and they just I – mean, Dan Marino. Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers. <laughs> Charles, like, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, Dan Marino would be awesome. But it's – yeah, that game, the Titans are not good. Um, they're one and one – are we sure that they're not exactly what we thought they were for, and have been for the yeah. last five years? Yeah, they, they are what they've been. Because that's kind of a good team. In the not AFC South, not. it's good enough. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway. The Charge, I, looking to next week, Chargers play the Vikings. Loser of that game. Out. Season's over. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if the Vikings lose that game, do you pick up the phone when the Jets call? For, um, for Kirk? So yeah. yeah. Which I've heard that floated around, but can you – how do you have two quarterbacks making $45 million on your roster? Uh, I think this, I think in spreadsheets you can find a way. <laughs> I don't. If they could find a way around that, um, I think Kirk on that team makes them an instant contender again. J.J. would be pissed, but – I would be pissed. Speaking of J.J., now let's go in chronological, chronological order. Vikings-Eagles. Um JJ had a very good game. Kirk Cousins put up stupid numbers. Still lost. That was the one of... Okay, so I, I preface this by saying I'm a Michigan fan. I watch us try and run the ball 50 times a game every week. Watching that, basically that offense in the NFL is even more boring. Yeah. I mean, every, I, I turn that game on and DeAndre Swift, DeAndre... I'm like, what am I watching? I could just wait till Saturday and watch this with Corum instead. Yeah, it was not, extremely annoying. Not fun to watch. Vikings are... We gave out the Kirk Cousins to lead the NFL in passing yards before the season. You're looking pretty pretty yeah, if, if you took that. Uh, he went for 364 and four in this the game. The MVP thing isn't going to, but that's going to cash. And that's a good defense. 364 and four, like that's, that's numbies. Yeah. Um, Jay, JJ hasn't found the end zone yet, but when he does, it's, I mean, 
And he's, he's he may ten, do it several times. He's ten catches for one fifty every week, which is kind of wild. But um, Eagles are very good. Vikings, I think they probably lose to the Chargers, but it'll that honestly that should be a very good game. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think minus one currently. Yes. yes. So let's go Packers Falcons. Um, Bijan pretty good. Bijan pretty good. Man, he's fun to watch. The rest of that offense, Desmond Ritter. <laughs> Is the human restrictor plate? He kind of uh, keeps that in check. It's frustrating if you have either of the pass catchers week in or week out. But Bijan is electric to watch. Jordan Love looked good enough again. Um, I think that's exactly what he is. Is would you say that the the trajectory is pointing better or worse than Alex Smith? I feel like that's kind of where I'm where I'm looking at right now. I'd say better. We also haven't seen Jordan Love without his best receiver. That's true. Or with his best mm-hmm. receiver. That's yet. a good point. Um, I think he's he's looked fine. I. My worry with him was more so looking bad was, is he going to look overwhelmed? And I don't think he's looked overwhelmed. And maybe that's that's your primary indicator early. I don't know. But the Fal- – I mean, Falcons are a good team if Ritter cannot screw things up. Like, they have a n- nice defense, two good running backs, two good pass catchers. It's a nice I, team. I worry that he is going to screw up enough to ruin that situation, though. Kyle Pitts has been targeted eight times in two weeks. A freak tight end that Unicorn, I, believe, I believe. Yeah, yeah, they took top ten, and then they just don't. Use. I want to say four. Does that sound right? <laughs> yeah, Drake London was I think eighth, and they just don't use these guys. So that's fun. Um, moving on to the Raiders Bills. I the Raiders are terrible. Raiders are terrible. Josh Allen has no intentions of stopping, jumping, or taking care of the football. Has it ever worked? The jumping. Over I've, I've never personally seen it, but I don't watch the Bills um, every week. Yeah, they he spread the ball around. Both tight ends got work. Three, four receivers got work. Cook still got most of the backfield except for the goal line carries. Um, but this game was never in doubt. The Raiders are in for a long, long season. Yeah. Um, and they have some weird rumors flying around with Chandler Jones as well. So they just have their hands full. <laughs> Seems like fun. Ravens, Bengals. I'll let you go. Bro, <sighs> struck. We've talked about this both weeks now. Mm-hmm. It would be very funny if he just turned into a pumpkin after getting it paid. Very, I don't. I mean, it's not going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. But it would be. It would. Imagine giving someone franchise a, altering money. Imagine you're an Ohio team and you gave a quarterback franchise altering guaranteed money with the hopes that they would take you to the next level, and then they suck. It couldn't be an Ohio team. It couldn't be the Browns. But imagine if you were the Bengals and you did this. It would be worth. I don't know if it'd be worse in a Browns situation because the Browns also gave up a million draft picks, and I think it's and fully guaranteed. Um, but it would be bad. Like, and when he's not good, Chase isn't good. Higgins played well, but I think at halftime, Burrow th- had thrown for thirty yards. Yeah, that's it's a, that was another live line that could have absolutely killed you. Um, oh, and now yeah, they're I did it. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> now they're saying that he might have uh, reaggravated the the calf injury. Honestly, to me, that strikes me as maybe giving a little cover to his bad play. Yeah. But let's, I mean, it, like we've said, it would be hilarious. He's, my man's just rusty. Like it, yeah. it will, it will happen at some point. It might be too late for this year, and he but does it'll happen. Start slow, but they got the Rams this week at like, zero and three. That could be, a, that could be curtains for them too, especially in that division. Yeah, Rams. We'll get to the Rams. They're, they're sneaky good. Um, we tried to dissect the Ravens' backfield last week. It was about exactly what we thought. Gus Bus, 10 carries, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Justice Hill mixed in with some carries as well. I um, feel like if you're in week two and you have to play one of those two guys, you might as well just, like, it's not going to be a great season for yeah. you. Seahawks-Lions, this, I mean, it's what you say about the Lions. Can't get out of their own way. This is a game you have to win at home, and they found every way possible to lose it, and they did. I will say, and I, you know me, I am anything but a Lions defender. Aiden Hutchinson was held greatly on that last play that, that they, I mean, you know, they would have kicked a field goal and the Lions would have had a chance to win. It's not saying that they would have. Um, usually Lions fans are overly um, conspiratorial when it comes to the referees. This time, I think they actually had a point. Uh, but yeah, it's it's the same old Lions. It's just going to... Aiden it's maybe take out a little bit longer. Aiden Hutchinson's very good. Sun God is very good. Um, now the question from a fantasy standpoint is, what does that backfield look like? Um, conventional wisdom would be like, oh, it's going to be the Gibbs show. I don't, I don't think, think it's so. going to. I think it's going to be Craig Reynolds. Yeah. 
Um, not, I don't think that enough to waste a roster spot on him right Correct. now. Nope. Maybe I'll regret that this time next week. And Montgomery's only out a few weeks. So if it was season ending, I probably mm. would have grabbed him. But, but I'm not like leaning into Gibbs and Daly this week because no. he's going to. He'll be I highly think. owned. And I think his role will more or less stay the same. I think Reynolds will step into this Montgomery role probably not very that well. Being the next said, few weeks, they but. should open up the role. He is a very good player, but you know that's neither here nor there. And they, I mean, they have good receivers. They have Jamison Williams coming back at some point, but you can't, you can't be dropping these games that you should be winning. Um, Chargers Titans, we talked about uh, free Herbie. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you're laughing because the Bears are next. <laughs> um, we've. We've had this conversation off air for a, I don't, a million times. Why people try to convince themselves that Justin Fields is a good quarterback, I just don't understand. See, I don't think coming into the year that people had convinced him that he was. I think they had convinced themselves there was a chance he had become. You know what I mean? I think the thought was he was, you know, I'm making uh, hand gestures here. He was, you know, okay last year. Conventional wisdom tells you he's going to take a step forward. And if he does that, then he is a guy. He did not take that step forward. He is where he was at the end of last year, maybe slightly worse. He's, yeah, I mean, he's definitely worse than last year. He, I think he ran for three yards on Sunday. He is a very good running quarterback. He has a big arm. But it's been shown time and time again, you have to take two run-first quarterbacks. A tale of two run-first quarterbacks came into the league, um, both first-round picks, I believe. Tim Tebow and Lamar Jackson. Yep. Both were guys that early on, basically their coaches didn't even let him throw the ball. Lamar Jackson worked on his craft. He can throw the ball. He can fit it in windows. He can read defenses. That's why he is now Lamar Jackson. Tim Tebow could not do that, and that's why he's now out of the league. Justin Fields is closer to Tim Tebow than he is Lamar Jackson. Much closer. He, The screenshots are hilarious, which I always love on Twitter. People running wide open in front of his face, and it's like this resulted in a sack. At no point has he shown he can fit into a window, he can anticipate throws, and he can make those throws. He's never shown that it's not going to happen. No. It will never happen. It, I will stand on this table. It's never going to be that. And you, you can't roll with a quarterback like that long term. Lamar Jackson started showing flashes as early as year two. Yep. And we're in year three with Fields. And there are no, no flashes. flashes. If anything, he's going backwards. It's... Like Big Cat said on PMT, he was like, it's almost like he's waiting for guys to get Ohio State open. Like, you think? Yeah. It's exactly what he's doing. All right. Long term, your uh, fantasy draft, you're starting your franchise. Who are you taking, him or Baker? Oh, my God. I mean, it has to be Baker, right? There is there no. is no chance that Fields turns into a, <laughs> I'm taking Fields. Like a guy that's going to take you to the Super Bowl. There is a non-zero chance. No, there's a zero chance Baker's that guy. <laughs> I'm taking Fields. Maybe he's younger. I'm sure he's younger. And he's at least, I mean, more athletic. I don't, I they're mean, on he, my roster. I can just put Fields at wide receiver or something. I guess. But Baker actually, I mean, don't get me wrong. He makes hilarious throws. But he also makes some good throws sometimes. Like, some, I, wow, that I was impressive. Baker's going to be in the league a long time. I think he fits the role of best backup in the league for a long time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like an elite backup quarterback that if your starter gets hurt, maybe your season's not completely over. Uh, the Jets would take him right now. The Jets would definitely take like Like a Fitzmagic. And Speaking he, of Fitzmagic, he's everywhere all yeah. of a sudden. I'm, I mean, we're just giving away ads now. He's got a cool beard. He does. But he wasn't the backup to um, Patrick Mahomes for all those years. He... <laughs> He, yeah, Baker's got them 2-0, and and I wanted to see, yes, they, the Bears netted 116 passing, or 169 passing yards. Nice. Mike Evans had 171 yards receiving, so Mike Evans outpaced the Bears on Sunday, which is fun. I like that. It feels about right. Um, Chase Claypool, redemption tour, revenge tour, had a mm-hmm. touchdown. Um, but other than that, not much to be taken from this game. I do like Rashawn Johnson as a long-term Hold. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Running backs with quarterbacks like Fields are always kind of tough because he's going to eat up so much of the rushing, but never know. Um, Chiefs-Jags. So this was our TV one. Mm-hmm. Kind of a boring game. 
extremely boring game. I'm, I'm honestly not sure there's a whole lot to take away from this. Trevor didn't play very well. Patrick Mahomes didn't play super well. I don't know. It was just kind of a throwaway game on what should have been an extremely interesting one. Um, I could see this this game repeating in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And I think the Chiefs' defense might be for real. I think it's pretty good. That'd be, um, that'd be a change. They, uh, I would try to buy low on Lawrence and Ridley. I think I saw Lawrence was 0 of 7 or 0 of 8 in red zone passing, which is, like to say that's a st- statistical anomaly would be an understatement. Yeah, that'll never happen that'll again. That'll never happen again. Um, and Ridley, target share was still there. Eight targets, only had two catches. Christian Kirk, after basically being dormant week one, had 14 targets, 11 catches. Like, I think the the Jags receivers between Kirk Ingram, Ridley, and even Zay Jones, who turned six targets into no catches, although almost had two touchdowns. If yeah, you remember <laughs> he almost. <laughs> if he his feet were a little bit more self aware, he, he would have had, had two. two. Yeah. So it'll be roulette with them. Same with I want other than Travis Kelsey, I want none of the Chiefs pass catchers no. any week. Um, Absolutely yeah, it's, not. It's been a weird start for fantasy, but. Two very good teams, two that I expect to see in the playoffs. Um, yeah, but it was that was a boring game. Colts Texans. I mean, it was actually a very interesting game. My boy Anthony Richardson got hurt, which is was too bad, but he already had two rushing touchdowns at that point. Um, I feel like you're starting to come around a little bit on CJ Stroud. I'm not quite there yet. How about that stack gave out last week? Yeah, Stroud Nico. That that Nico, I hope that I hope you guys took took advantage of that one because that's a that might be a season long play at this seven point. for one forty six and a touchdown. And at some point, going back to last year, you have to look at him and be like, the guy's just good. Yeah, like you, Stroud had three eighty four and two touchdowns with no turnovers. Yeah, I mean, doesn't you can't get much better than that for a rookie. Um, Zach Moss stepped in, had a really nice game. It's, I think the Texans are going to be a borderline fun offensive team that's going to be. I feel like they're the de- they're going to be the definition of a tough out. They're going to yeah. beat some teams this year that they probably shouldn't, and lose some games that they also shouldn't. But yeah, if you if you can go nab Nico, I would encourage you would to do absolutely so. do that. I think he's a top twenty guy the rest of the way. Niners Rams. I most like the Niners are better than the Rams. They beat them. We can talk about the late kick as well. That was funny. I want to talk from a fantasy standpoint real quick, like. Puka's very good. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I mean, he's been a pretty pretty big uh, topic of conversation around these parts. We the, now the between offense, our two leagues, we both yeah, have them. The offense is clearly designed to do that for somebody. Why are we sure that it's going to be Cooper Cup when he when he comes back? And if he does come back, how long is he going to stay? I think there's a chance that he's just the dude. Like it's coming off ten catches. I. Almost didn't play him despite being in a dynasty league where I had low on options. So I was like, the Niners defense is so good. He was the only one who caught balls. 15 catches that very easily could have been 17, 18 with better throwing balls. I mean, he was targeted 20 times. Yeah. Um, he's good. And, and the thing with, with that role is, like, you look back uh, over the last couple of years, Cooper Cup is it's every single every week. Every single week. And I did see a tweet about Matt Stafford being a kingmaker. Like, he had – he. He gave Cooper the best season of all time. Calvin Johnson, the second best season of all time. Uh, whatever he's going to do with Puka. And then there was a couple other randos in there where he just he finds receivers and he he's a kingmaker. Um, but I think even the bigger fantasy story from this week, congrats to those of you that nabbed Kyron Williams. Unbelievable. Because the guy we both loved last year. We loved year. last year. We kept waiting for this to happen. And then McVay trolls everybody. Cam was a healthy scratch. Didn't he play? Cam had 17 carries week one. No, 22. 22 carries 29 yards on 22 carries. that's right. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, if this volume keeps up, Kyron's a top six, seven running back. There's not a ton of competition. Maybe top five. top ten. Yeah, absolutely. And some of you either got him in the last of the rounds or you just picked him up. Yeah. Congrats. It wasn't either of us in any of our leagues. No, that's not true. I had him. I had him before week one, dropped him to pick up a defense. That's going to be, you know how at the end they always do the show us your screenshots from week one and two that are heartbreaking? That's going to be the You'll one. You'll have to send that one in. Um, but yeah, Niners are con- going to continue to be a roulette, whoever. Yeah, and f- and for that reason, like I kind of just don't really want any part of it, which is nice because I just traded Other Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, obviously. CMC 
at minus 330 as an anytime touchdown score tonight. I don't know what book had that, but that's a wild number. Yeah, I. it definitely makes me want to go contrarian. I didn't on DraftKings. I didn't see an option to short that. Why would you? Why would you offer that as a market if there's not a contrarian? No idea. Anyway, um, but a lot of people are very mad at Sean McVay because yeah. the the spread was what seven a and a half. Dick. Not only did he kick with, as time expired to cut it to seven, he spiked it the play before. Yeah, he was getting this kickoff. He said something about tiebreakers. I don't know what he's talking about. Very funny though. He hurt me. I'm not going to lie to oh, you. Oh, you had action? Me. As someone that didn't have action, very funny, I thought. Um, Giants-Cardinals, this game made my weekend. <laughs> I The Giants were the end of pretty much every parlay. I hit them hard again at 21-7. Um, you could kind of see that they were going to come back and win this game. It's a hungrier dog situation. Um, although they may have lost Saquon for quite a while. Uh, in doing so... But they had to get to one and one. I'm pretty oh, sure that pretty sure they have a really tough game week three. I don't know who it is. Um, Daniel Jones. I mean, you can't right. and you can't lose to the Cardinals. That's that's no. one of the games on the schedule that you absolutely have to win. Yeah, the car. Oh, watching Josh Dobbs and even like I get James Conner's a really good running back. He's so boring to watch. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, I bl- the biggest comeback for the Giants since '90. I think they said '91. I mean, that's a big comeback. Yeah. yeah. It was, and it was just some, I don't know if you, me watching the game, basically the entire second half, it was just like Giants are going to win this game. It just felt that way. (laughs) Um, Jets, Cowboys. So this goes, I mean, this goes back to the old office. I'm always a Cowboys guy, Mm -hmm. and it's always killed me. This year I'm unconvinced, and I remain unconvinced, and it might be the year that they're actually good. Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to depend on how... Well, I mean, we're they they, I mean, they beat the piss out of the Giants. There's no getting around that. Are we sure the Giants are any good? They beat the Jets, pretty good, uh, or or I guess Jets pretty. great defense that they hung thirty on, and if they're going to give Pollard twenty plus carries, uh, that that is, and a, he holds up, mm-hmm. that's dangerous, and like, but coming up, they get the Cardinals and the Patriots. Like they're four and zero. We're four and zero without knowing a thing about them, and. C.D. Lamb just gets open. Mm-hmm. Just somehow the man's always wide open. Um, I think they'll need one more pass catcher, whether that's Brandon Cooks when he's healthy, Michael Gallup. Um, I always forget Gallup's there. Ferguson, the tight end. Someone's going to have to kind of fill that role of a secondary pass catcher. But defense is good, and uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but Micah Parsons might be the best pass rusher I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean – there are a lot of. I mean, I was ones, young for Strahan. Uh, he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He's so good. I mean, you're Khalil Max, Von Miller's. I mean, I think Mike is the best. Um, but the, I mean, the Jets need a quarterback. <laughs> they need. A, they <laughs> yeah, need, I don't think you're going to find a whole lot of argument there. They can't roll with Zach Wilson. It, that's not can't be doable, done, bro. Yeah, not a doable situation. Um, Seems like they have no interest in giving Brees Hall the ball, even though he's pretty good. Dalvin looks old all of a sudden. Vikings might have seen that writing on the wall. Um, yeah. Let's go Commanders-Broncos, last of the afternoon slate. Nah, whatever. Hail Mary was funny. It was funny, and it's even funnier that they – like, you only get a certain amount of those plays to come off as a fan base. like, And they used up a – Hefty portion of their good luck on that. On a week two game that they didn't even win. Commanders have a very good defense. Um, Yeah, very, very good pass rush. I did see that. So similar to last year, we had, I mean, we were up close and personal in the Notre Dame game when uh, Tobias Merriweather had that nasty touchdown catch. And we'd always ask, like, you can keep his red shirt and play him. Why don't they play this guy more? I've already seen that with the Broncos and Marvin Mims, who's a very electric receiver. He played six snaps, despite them not being able to move the ball all the time on offense. Two catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown in these six snaps. That's all he got. Efficiency. I, I, I mean, yeah, when you got to throw some of these other guys out there, I guess you got to do it, whatever. Um, 
And also, Brian Robinson Jr. has completely taken control of the Commanders' backfield. Which, but don't drop Gibson because the moment he does, Robinson or you do, Robinson will get hurt. I'm a big Gibson guy. I wish he'd go somewhere where he can see the field. He's a good player. Sunday night football. I think the ultimate question with the Dolphins will be: Can they grind out wins? Yeah, we know they can be flashy and put I up. Feel a ton like of they're points. the definition of a turquoise team, which yes. it makes sense because they wear turquoise. Yes. We know they can be flashy and win those 48 to 20 games. Can they grind out wins like they did here? Mm-hmm. And they did on the road in New England for a night game against Bill Belichick. It's an encouraging sign. They're a good team. And Tyreek didn't have a huge game. You see who's the num- number one in the MVP odds right now? Who? No, who? you. You say who? the name. Uh, the Dolphins quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, honestly, at this point, like probably the MVP of the league, but that's staggering that he's moved there already. I was very surprised. Do you remember who my big preseason bet was last year as MVP? <laughs> I do remember that. Yep. You're early yet again. You're early. Basically, anything I say this year. Next year. Yeah. Put it. Put it. Put a pin in it for next year. But he, again, his arm strength is very bad, which is mm-hmm. sad. But he can put balls on a dot where they need to be. And honestly, guys like Waddle and Hill, just get them the ball in space and let them do what they. And do. he has a staff that's smart enough to know that they're yes. not going to ask him to do things that he can't do, which is different than. I mean, certainly different than Herbie, except for it's the opposite. They're not asking him to do the things he can do. Yeah. And speaking of speed, Raheem Mostert's looked really good through two weeks, too. Yeah. I mean, Which, that's a dream offense to be a running back in. I imagine you don't see a whole lot of stacked boxes when you have Waddle and Hill on the outside. Yep. But he's taking full advantage. Yeah. You got to do that. Um, but yeah, pa- Patriot, I think Mac isn't very good. I don't think, I think the Patriots are very safe to good. Say at this point. It, they're also funny. My one issue I'll have with Goodell. Week two is when we always have our first Monday night doubleheader. What are we doing? That's a terrible Saints, Panthers, and Brown Steelers. Let me put it another way Derek Carr, Bryce Young, Deshaun Watson, and Kenny Pickett. That's what you're giving us the first Monday night doubleheader? That's it was roof stoof. That is for sure. Starting with Saints Panthers. I don't even want to talk about it. It It's boring. Um I will say. If you move to Saints minus two and a half, like somebody did, as opposed to three, you're probably a little bit happier. <laughs> yeah. Um, Adam Thielen had the late touchdown. And, and, the, and the two and point, point yeah. conversion. Oh, that, that's tough. That is um, a, a tough way to lose. As someone on TV put it yesterday, I think they said Notre Dame legend Tony Jones Jr. Uh, yeah. Had, which uh, he had two touchdowns, which tell you about all you need to know about this game. Yeah. Um, if you'd have given me 100 guesses where Tony Jones Jr. went, I would not have come up with Notre Dame. Not Notre Dame legend. And I live in South <laughs> Indiana. Um, yeah, they need Kamara back uh, in a bad way. But they're. Alave's a stud. Michael Thomas is doing what he does, catching nine balls for about 13 yards. And this Rashid Shahid dude seems pretty good. So, yeah. And you got one of the greatest players of all time as your Swiss Army knife with Taysom. That's a tough team to beat. They're, they're 2 0. There's two 2 2 0 teams in Their the defense NFC. defense is out. good. Like, they're a good team. Uh, yeah, they'll be right there. Brown Steelers. I went Wolf. pretty heavy on the Steelers' money line, so I watched this whole game. Yikes, that's bad football. Kenny Pickett's not good at football. And he was a better quarterback on the night. Yes. <laughs> Deshaun Watson couldn't keep his hands to himself. He's face masking constantly. Been there um, before. <laughs> it allegedly. I feel bad for Brown's receivers because they have to deal with this. I, I saw a stat this morning that he's basically any stat you want to put since he became a Cleveland Brown, he's like thirtieth or worse. There's wow. not that many more teams in the NFL. He's not good. Nick Chubb. So you weren't watching. I, no, but you told me, hey, go look at the, the injury. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't say go look. I said Chubb had a very, very bad injury. So I just willy-nilly go check on Twitter, <laughs> and I, I saw the, the view you probably would prefer to yeah. not see. Not great. And what was crazy is I went out of my way to not see the view, but they had a mic on the field. You could hear Chubb screaming in pain, and you could also tell when they showed – the replay in the stadium because the entire stadium in Pittsburgh gasped in unison. Not great. So Chubb is done for the year, possibly forever. Um, Browns are going to be, they're not going to be bad enough to get a guy. Thing is Browns, they're done. It, they could go, what do they have? One win. They could go one in 16 this year. You can't draft Caleb Williams. No. What are we going to do with him? You, you gave a alleged, Pervert, 
guaranteed money. So much of it. Guaranteed money for years and gave up like six picks to you're tied to him no matter what, how bad he is. And honestly, they probably don't, I don't know this for sure, but they probably don't have a first rounder this year. So it probably doesn't even matter. True. Probably not for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It. He's very bad. Browns are in rough shit. I don't know what you do about that. He's eating up so much of the cap. You can't get rid of him. It's not like he's even fun to root for, obviously. That's a bad – and your, your franchise player that's very, very likable in Nick Chubb is, for all intents and purposes, gone. That's bad. Steelers, I'm going to say they go 9-8. and eight. Yes, the definitely. They're, they won't finish below 500 for sure. But, yeah, I mean, um, that's a perfectly fine team. But – Looking ahead to next week, do you, do you have a few lines that you Yeah, like? definitely. Uh, let's start with just some straight-up spreads. Um, as we record this, the Titans are plus three at Cleveland. They're going to have to figure out how to replace the best player on their offense. They're not great to begin with, and the Titans are just kind of a low-key, perfectly fine to slightly better team. You're giving me three points against the Browns? I'm taking that all day. And the vibes will be down in Cleveland. Vibes will be down in a big way one thing I will say is look out for Amari Cooper to have a big game this week because it has to come from somewhere they're not gonna just not not get yards I mean I guess that I think Njoku could be sneaky too yeah it was looking at like snap rate and target rate after Chubb went down it was largely one to two yard drop-offs obviously if you can go get Jerome Ford and if you even if you can trade for him go get him they signed Kareem Hunt uh, yesterday, uh, sure. I don't. The only one I'm comfortable playing is Amari Cooper the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, oh. Maybe since tight end so terrible, maybe in Joku, but that that's tough. Um, I a line I like. Dolphins minus six at home against Denver seems like not enough. Yeah, Denver's. I must have missed that. That oh and two right. Oh yeah, and two in in a, in a particularly unimpressive kind of way. Yeah. Um, Dolphins are good. Dolphins are a really good team. Yeah, I'm going to be on that for At sure. home, early game, it's going to be hot. I like that a lot. Waddle, I assume, will be fine. Um, I could see it be a, being a big Russ comes unglued game. I could see him going for two or three interceptions. Plus, it's a revenge game. Dolphins D coordinator, Vic Fangio. Sure. He's going to be dialing it up yeah. after he... Um, Bills minus six and a half yeah, against the Commanders. Like that, that seems like a slam dunk. I mean, um, six point teaser. Let's find one more. Those two are gimmies. All they got to do is win. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, but they're at the Commanders. Commanders are a spunky team, but I mean, they're not going to beat the Bills. The Bills seem to have have right of the ship a little bit. Um, and then my, I have a four point afternoon teaser. There are four teams, seven point afternoon teaser. Um, Cowboys takes them down to minus five at Arizona. Uh, the Chiefs takes them down to minus five and a half at home against the Bears. Give me the Lions. Uh, that moves them to plus three and a half at home to the Falcons. And then I also I double dipped with the Bills and the Commanders. So the, the teaser takes the Bills to plus 0.5. So a pick them. Um, yeah. I like both Monday Night Football games. Depending on Burrow, Bengals at minus two and a half. If he's a full go, it's hungry dog situation. They if they lose, they probably aren't making the playoffs. Um, it is a Monday night game at home after two embarrassing games against a team that's is still depleted down cup. Um, and preseason we thought maybe wasn't the most talented team. Yeah, I like that a lot. And Eagles only four and a half against the Bucks. We're due for a Baker four-pick game. Yeah. Like, that's, we've been due the last two weeks for that. I wonder what parlaying two-plus interceptions for Russ and two-plus interceptions for Baker would give you. I like that. It'd be a fun one to root for, too. And also tell you that a Monday night football two-team part, just money line parlay, Eagles to win, Bengals to win, plus 153. Yeah, I'm in on that. Um, and then I just also wanted to – there's some really big spreads this week. The Chiefs are minus 12.5 at home against the Bears. The Cowboys are minus 11.5 in Arizona. It's two pretty big spreads. Two bit pretty I, big spreads. The Jags are minus 9.5 at home against Houston. There's a, And, of course, tonight's game is a 10-point spread, which I can't tell. That kind of seems like a lot, but with no Saquon, maybe it's not enough. 
I'm probably not going to talk. I take that back. Obviously, obviously, I will. <laughs> I'll have it at some some capacity. Um, I don't know. I think the giant. I think the or excuse me. I think the 49ers are actually a really elite team. Yeah, they're very. Good. I, I'm don't yeah. really have a weakness as long as Purdy is fine. Ten, they don't have a weakness. ten is just a, a big spread. But I, if I had to pick, that's probably the direction I would go. So college football last weekend. Not very fun. No. There was almost no point during the weekend of, or the, the week of college football where I was like, yeah, there's something to get excited about. Oh, I take that back. I was excited going into Colorado, Colorado State. Except for it was so, so late. late. I, I, if there was a game to stay up late for over the course of the year, that might have been it. It, it wasn't was. Do it. it was also very funny that it was supposed to be on ESPN. And for some reason, they would not go away from that trash Florida-Tennessee game because it was their staple game of the week. I just did a Twitter search for Colorado ESPN. Very funny. People were not pleased. It was very, very funny. Tennessee and Florida both catching a ton of strays from people on Twitter. X. um, Complaining about that game. They pushed back kick. It ended up, um, I guess that's really the only game to recap. Ah. Colorado didn't look – I think Colorado might have realized that maybe they're doing a little too much with the pregame lead-up stuff. Like, yeah. Rock was there. Lil Wayne let him out with a concert. They came out pretty flat. Um, Shiloh Sanders did have a pick six early, which Going was pretty up cool. the uh, Deion Sanders kids' power rankings. So Yeah, he is. He was number five. Surely he's not five anymore. Um, the first couple Colorado State touchdowns, they did the primetime dance, which was fun. It was fun. Colorado State was borderline pretty dirty the way they were playing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, they didn't really have a choice uh, or didn't really have a chance otherwise. Um, you cashed out my Shadur Sanders Heisman behind my back. I sure did. Cashed so. out my Shadur Sanders <laughs> Heisman behind my back. Um, yeah. We'll get to that game. Well, let's start with that one. Let's this do week. it. They might get rocked. I don't think they're going to get rocked. I think they find a way to keep it close. Close-ish. Okay. It's a 21-point spread. Mm-hmm. I think they keep it. I think I definitely like them with the points. I do think they're going to lose, but I'd be surprised if it was by, by 22 or more. Even without Hunter? Even without Hunter. Like, it's still there are still weapons. Obviously, I think he hurts your defense more than he hurts your offense, um, being his absence. Uh I think they have enough to to stay with a Oregon team that do we know that they're great? They're they're probably a pretty good team. I don't know. Bonex. Bonex. <laughs> that seems to be what the two of us They beat a team know. by 80 that then beat a team by 90. Well, you said I want to see those two teams play so bad. I mean, <laughs> what could was it Sacramento State is that what it was? Yeah. So Oregon versus Sacramento State. Wait, no, Sacramento State was who Oregon beat. They are the beater of the other team. Oh, really? They beat the crap out of somebody else. Yes. Oh, I thought Oregon beat somebody else by 70. Um, there's really three game. There's what's Bama Ole Miss. Any thoughts? Actually, I do want to talk Bama's quarterback situation. Actually, let's just talk ex-Notre Dame quarterbacks. Drew Pine, let's I believe, had four turnovers four and turnovers. 13 snaps. Tough to do. Um, very fun. I, anyone that watched Notre Dame play football last year, not surprised. You saw it up close and personal, in person, for I, four quarters. Potentially against- one of the worst throws I've ever seen. There was just, <laughs> it was just a straight slant. Homeboy was wide open, and Drew Pine overthrew him by, probably overthrew him by more yards than it took to get the ball to him in the first place. It, and I was, like I was obviously never fully sold on Buckner, but I thought like, I thought he was a good quarterback. He's not. There was one example of him not being very good. Like, it was a full game of him not being very good, but I would have liked to have seen him give him one more game before pulling the plug. I mentioned to you, but the announcer was very mean. Yes. They, they said, Hilariously mean. They said there's Alabama has to make a choice between three quarterbacks, and all I know is Tyler Buckner should be third string by a big margin. <laughs> That's unnecessary mean and mean. But it's... uh. Yeah, not going Bama's quarterback situation. Ty Simpson. Eh, I honestly, if I'm Nick Saban, obviously I'm not. I just let Milrow run, with which him. is what they're going to do. He's fun. Yep. He's athletic. It. It's the first time, and since we've really been old enough to understand 
football deeply that they're just not good. Yeah, they're they're looking straight down the barrel if they're se- they're under of their season total. When's the last time we could say our two teams would probably pump Bama? It ever? Like since we've been in high school? Uh, probably. I mean, yeah, basically since Saban, certainly since Saban came back to Bama. I mean, they're uh, they probably settle in like the twenty to twenty five range in the yeah. country, maybe. And I think that's that's where they're at. They had a t- whoever. What was it last week? UTSA, something like that. Oh, USF. South Florida. Yep. They had a tough time, especially scoring the ball. Yeah. That being said, I do like them to cover this week. There's no way Saban's going to let Lane beat them. This is Lane's Super Bowl, though. I is it not Saban's Super Bowl though? Too. He's not going to let. He's not going to let that little punk beat him. Well, are you aware of who the offensive coordinator is for Ole Miss? Uh, this may change your mind completely. I don't remind me. Charlie Weiss Jr. <laughs> <laughs> it does It does not change my mind. So you got the, the two offensive coordinators in that game are Chuck Weiss Jr. and Tommy Reese. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is crazy. I didn't even think of that. Chuck Weiss Jr. and Tommy Reese. I guess a lot of people probably haven't thought about that. I'm stealing that as a tweet on Saturday. That's a that is a fun fact, my friend. Outside of Notre Dame Twitter, I'm not gonna sh- I'm not sure you're gonna find an audience for that tweet, but yeah. It's my only audience anyway. <laughs> um yeah, that game will be okay. Worth mentioning, but not breaking down probably. Utah UCLA should be okay. Um Florida State Clemson is an interesting one. So that one's one. w- that's worth the other breaking one you down. wanted. Yeah. Um, our, uh, okay, so Clemson. This is this is my very brief breakdown. Clemson, not a very good team. Florida State bullied LSU. Clemson, infinitely more bullyable even than LSU. Ipso facto, Florida State bullies Clemson. Two and a half points seems very, very small. I for sure like the Seminoles to cover that. I Here's my hesitation. Florida State very easily could have lost to Boston College last week. True. Very easily. But does that not serve as a wake-up call? Maybe. Also... Dabo being able to play the nobody believes in us card at home for the first time in, I don't know, a very yeah. long time. That's a good point. Yep. I would feel better about the Clemson money line if this was under the lights and all the pomp and circumstance it's being a, a, it's noon a noon kickoff. They're going to have to, like, you know, stop at a car dealership halfway to the stadium and stretch and do a <laughs> walkthrough. Um, and then in the morning when they come down to, to breakfast, the, the loud music will already have to be blaring which is a reference to what Brian Kelly did for LSU um, because it was a noon kick this past week. Weird, dude. Okay, so obviously you know I, I don't like loud things. Yeah. But if I'm a college athlete, I walk downstairs to get breakfast the day of a game, and like DMX is blaring at me, I'm turning around and going home. I don't have time for that. What do you – so another thing that – was very big under the Brian Kelly era here. Where do you fall on this working or not? Florida State week. He would blare the tomahawk chant, whatever. You could hear it from my house. It was so loud. Do you think that prepares them at all for the game? Or do you think it actually does? No, that's insane. Surely it doesn't do it. It's different when it's real humans doing it all around you under the lights than when some managers holding speakers are doing it. And surely even... Crowd note. Like, do you think that the tomahawk chop is dis- definitively more intimidating than just general crowd noise? Like, do you think Ian Book's like, oh, I've heard this before. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, granted, I'm not, mu- I'm not like a big one for like psychological plays like that, but that's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, if Florida State rolls into Clemson and pumps them, Clemson football's in a tough spot because they have a couple more pumpable games coming up this year. Honestly, they're in the same spot as Bama if that happens. Yeah. They might be in the same spot regardless. It um it could get to be spooky season for Clemson soon. Obviously, like I mean, Dabo's job is fine, but if they get pumped there, they'll go to Miami in October and they get a visit from Notre Dame in November. Those they'll, find, they'll find a way to beat Miami. Miami is still Miami. And then they end with Drake May. Or actually, the last two games are Drake May and your boy Spencer. Yeah, they could lose so, both those. I mean, that's four more losses they could rack up after this. If they, I mean, it's probably not going to happen. Six but and it six. Could. Um, so I would, yeah, I probably just to make it a little more watchable, depending on when I go to campus, 
I'll probably take Clemson money line. Interesting. They're plus two and a half right now. Um, yeah, I'm I'm on I'm on the Knolls. We only part? have to cover two and a half. Field goal wins it. Which brings us to the Titanic matchup of the week. Yeah, this is a good one. Been been looking forward to this one for for a couple Notre weeks. Notre Dame now. at Ohio. Last year, I think conventional wisdom was Ohio was going to pump Notre Dame. That was certainly um, my my understanding of it. First half, Notre Dame kind of manhandled them. Second half, Ohio. It was the classic. As a Notre Dame fan, what I've lived to, through my whole life, Ohio had a couple more dogs that Notre Dame didn't have. Yeah, and they made a couple extra plays and pulled out that game. It kind of seemed like eventually talent went out. Yeah. Yep. It was um, even with like JSN got hurt, I think in the second quarter of that game, which ended up keeping them out basically all season. Yeah. Um, but also last year they had CJ Stroud. They don't have he ain't walking through that door this week. No. Um, it's a playing time wise freshman quarterback coming into his first big atmosphere. Um, there's going to be light up bracelets. Good luck with that, Kyle McCord. Yeah. How, how could one <laughs> combat that? Yeah. So there's thoughts that. Notre Dame may try to one-on-one Marvin Harrison Jr. with Ben Morrison. It's a strategy. <laughs> I mean, I it's, it's worth a shot. If, if, the, if you can get away with that, that opens huge. up everything else. But there's a chance. Like I think Marvin Harrison's the best college wide receiver I've seen since Calvin Fitz. Fitz yeah. yeah. But if it doesn't work, then you adjust your – like surely you guys have, have something uh, schemed up as a fallback plan. It is. I will – I think Notre Dame has the better quarterback and offensive line. Beyond that, I don't know. I, I think they have a running back just as good as anybody on Ohio State's team. Certainly um, in, in the discussion. Yep. What I, and I've told, I think I said it last week on the show, I've told you probably a million times, Notre Dame needs a dude that can get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And to that front, I have a theory. All right. So, they... They lost Isaiah Foskey. They haven't been able to replace him. Last week, if you watched, there is a player that certainly looks the part. Athletic freak for Notre Dame. Javante Jean-Baptiste. Baptiste. However you, the French say it fancily. I think that's. I think it sounds about right. He's a dude. Like He looks like a dude. The more enticing part of this, Ohio State transfer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's going up against the dudes. He went up and practiced every day. Like, this is his night. If he, and he last week he did a very good job of it, if he can get to the quarterback Mm -hmm. without having to bring – because here's the nightmare situation. It doesn't work out with one-on-one with Harrison. You have to roll coverage over. And you're not getting home with four rushers. You have to bring extra help. Even McCord should be able to. You're in a – it's a big problem at that point. McCord's – yeah, even McCord picks you apart in that situation. There's going to be guys running wide open everywhere. And those guys are Igbuka, Julian Fleming, like yes. good guys, Colonel Tate. And what I just said is not all that weird to think could happen. No, definitely not. It's probably more likely than not you can't one-on-one Harrison. And it's at best a 50-50 shot you can get home with four guys. Things, they, Ohio State could, but then like I think, you watch the IU game. How about IU keep them? Yeah, I, your IU, defense is certainly better than that. Better I, than IU's. IU found a way to keep them down. How are you going to bet this game? I am going. I I've for weeks now. I said you give me any points with Notre Dame, I'm taking them. They're so no money line. You're taking points. Um, I will think. Honestly, three points. Like I might just go money line. Like I. Although I could also see it coming down to a last-minute field goal. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably stick with Notre Dame plus three. That's what I like. Uh, no thoughts of Ohio State to cover that. Um, I would rather – I'm not in a position where I need to emotionally hedge. I am. Um, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm all Irish in this one. Well, you told me that they have a way to keep Ohio State fans out of the stadium too, so that's a huge Yeah, advantage. I was reading this article on the, on the uh, athletic – Basically, the plan was summed up by the statement late on in the article. I don't think we're really going to be able to keep <laughs> all of the red out. But of we the might stadium. be able to spread them. But out. we might be able to spread them out. So, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of red in the stadium. Uh, Good plan. So I'm in a tough spot to where I could emotional hedge and put a nuke on the Ohio State money line. It pays out trash, given that they're three point favorites. But then if I'm 
walking home after the game, sad. I have more money in my bankroll. Or I kind of like what you brought up. Have an amazing night or a terrible night. That's what I would do. If I put a nuke on the Notre Dame money line and they win that game, it's a top three moment of my life sports night. Top five. Yeah. But if they lose, it is not great. Um, Yeah. And I also like Notre Dame probably can't lose this game and make the playoff. Maybe. Ohio State for sure can lose this game and make the playoff. Yeah, they lose this game and run the table they're in. Could be a hungrier dog situation. Could be. Marcus Freeman. Then again, it's week three. Are you thinking like that? Yeah. That's a that's a lot to ask of 18 to 20, what, how, how old is Hartman? 29-year-old kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, I, the other thing is like, he is old. He is obviously very poised. He's a very, very good college quarterback. He ain't never been in a game like this. That's true. Ever. Like even half the magnitude. Yeah. I'm, I, he's just seen so much action. A lot. I can't help but think that there is a part of him that will just handle it. Yeah. But, and I, you know, I also have like, like estimate seems like a dude that does not care about the situation. I think he'll be fine. Um, I think the defense will largely be fine. Notre Dame relies on a ton of freshmen at wide receiver. That which could conceivably could be an issue. Like it's it's a different beast when you're playing at NC State or Central Michigan comes and then it's the game with Ohio State. Um, and it's a different to focus on hauling the ball in as opposed to estimate. Like he's getting that in his gut. All he's got to do is yeah. instinctually find the holes. It's a different different beast, I think. So I I don't sometimes you follow the logic, the young kids don't know any better and they're fine. Um but we'll see. I, I don't I think it's going to be tough to stop their passing game. I think Notre mm-hmm. Dame's going to have trouble with it. Um, but I also think Notre Dame's going to be able to score pretty consistently. Agreed. So I do like the over, which I believe was 55 and a half. Um, so we're talking about 28 points a team. You're asking yeah. for eight touchdowns. That's a big number between those two. I think, I'm, I think I'd take the under. I haven't like deep dove that, but I think I like the under. And I think Notre Dame to win. Notre Dame has scored 30 points to win, I think. Yeah, I'd... I'd agree with that. So like a 31-28 type game. If Ohio State wins, the under will hit. If you guys win, the over will hit. I'm pretty confident in that. What odds would you put on, given it's McCord's first big game, um, Notre Dame is very, very good at home. What odds do you put on this gets out of hand for Ohio State early and it turns into basically the Clemson game from last year? Devin, Devin Brown time. Or I'm I'm not even he, say, like, I'm saying like it ends up twenty eight seven at one point Notre Dame's up like it just gets away from Ohio State and Ryan. Day. I think it's far more likely to go that way than the other way. Right. Yeah. I don't think Notre Dame will get blown. This could be a freezing cold take. But I don't think they'll get blown out. Um, but like I, it could get away from a core. It could go. Yeah. And Definitely. I don't know. It. Uh. I can tell you that if Notre Dame wins this game, the hype train is going to be out of control. Definitely. And, and, it, Kale, and it should be. It, it should, but Caleb Williams is going to come in for a few weeks, and he's going to have to have 500 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. And we're going to be right back where we should be. But um, He could go for 500 and five touchdowns, and, and you guys still beat him. Yeah. But it's um, – I just can't help but feel what makes me a little wor- – like, I think this is the best chance. Well, I'd put Notre Dame winning a title this year at, like, 1-2%. I think it's the best chance they've had in 20 years and will have in – I mean, they have a lot of dudes coming in, a lot of recruits, but you have a 25-year-old quarterback that's very good, a running back that probably shouldn't shouldn't still I mean, be there. You went to the national title game. Your your chance of winning that game was low, but it wasn't two percent. Uh, okay. <laughs> All I'm saying is there are a lot of steps to. I'll put it this way: Week four of a season, yes, this is the definitely. best chance they've ever Absolutely. had. This is the most title-ready team they've ever had in a year. That's not very good. With college yeah. football. Mm-hmm. There is not a clear-cut best team. Agreed. Um, so, yeah. I'm excited for it. I probably would not be excited about 11 o'clock. Um, Either that or you are going to be flying. Oh, fly. Scott won't know what hit him for red zone the next day. <laughs> but, um, uh, I have a quick uh, four-team, seven-point teaser, Big Ten. Uh, Maryland is seven-and-a-half-point favorites hosting Michigan State. You move that, all they have to do is beat them. Michigan State, very bad. My uh, preseason over on their win total, that one's on me. Probably not going to hit. 
Florida Atlantic plus 15 and a half moves to plus 22 and a half against at Illinois. I watched Illinois against Penn State. That is a hard team to watch. Uh, defense all right, though, huh? Oh, yeah, the defense is perfectly fine. But you ha- to beat a team by 22 and a half points, you have to score 23 points. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, Penn State is hosting Iowa, uh, moves down to minus seven and a half. I, I'm not in on the Iowa thing. And Michigan, my boys host Rutgers. It's a 24-point spread, move that down to 17. Um, kind of due for a, like, come out of our shell and really stomp somebody. Rutgers historically has been a team that we have stomped. I feel like it's just, it's easy math. I have a seven-point teaser for you. And usually I do teasers to move favorites down. Mm-hmm. All three of them, I'm, I'm buying more points. I'm moving Notre Dame to plus 10. Yep. I am moving Ole Miss to plus 14. Yeah, I really don't see Bama beating them by anybody, but I think they beat USF by exactly 14. And I am moving Colorado to t- plus 28. Yeah, I like that. Pretty good. So that's what I'll be riding on. Um, but yeah, it feels like it, this is the first like big weekend we get of college football. Yes, this feels like the season has started. There's a big game in all three slots, which is exciting. Yeah. Speaking of exciting, let's get to the documentary review. Oh my gosh. Bonk. Bonk. All right, so <laughs> let's set the stage. Uh, we watched uh, God Forbid on, I believe it was Max? Hulu. Hulu, whatever. Where it was relevant. Um, the story goes that it, it tells the story of the Falwells, Jerry Jr. and Becky from Liberty University, um, and their dalliances with a pool boy from Miami. And it, so, like, even knowing the premise before you go into the documentary, there's still some jaw dropping moments. Some jaw dropping moments. Absolutely. Like, she basically just plucked this kid up from the side of the pool. Yeah, his job was to make sure there was towels and drinks and people are having a good time. And she's like, how about something else upstairs? How about something else upstairs? And surprise in the corner, Jaredog. Getting after it. <laughs> I, it it's, yeah. It, it's one of those where you want to be, like, really shocked or surprised, but you're not with, you know, the situation. And it's... I uh, I imagine no one tied close to that situation was thrilled this documentary was made because while like it was fairly big news when it happened like it wasn't mainstream no most still most people probably don't know the name Faultwell but at least people now will be like oh I did hear about that it was how do you think how do you like move for as the the pool boy guy like. Is this an icebreaker at parties? Do you... I think it depends on what circle you're in. Professionally, he's going to have a hard time. Yeah. Um, he already mentioned in the documentary that he's he lost a, a gig. I think it was in D.C., basically. Uh, Becky told him, or Becky called and suggested that they don't hire him. Um, I think in the right, the right circle, it's absolutely a icebreaker. But, I mean, he's going to have a hard time... Hard time kind of making it in certain circles that apparently he wants to run in. Yeah, it's it's a weird situation to be in, and um, it was she like more or less adopted him, like, yeah, kind of right. Yeah, like, so he was spending a lot of time with their other kids, despite and Jaredog was down with he was kind of down with, with this all of it. Um, Google my man. He looks a lot like Matt Stafford. Really? Yeah. Look, like you're saying current day? Uh, I don't know. Like when he was in the documentary. Pool boy. It was Giancarlo Granda, I believe. Fantastic yes. radio. Says he's now a writer. That's good. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's, he gives off yeah. a little bit of Matt Stafford vibes. Yeah. It's... I, I mean, it's going to be his top top Google thing mm-hmm. the rest of his life. Um, Unless he gets a, a real good uh, SEO company. <laughs> it would also be, I was like, oh, he could use it for two truths and a lie. But at that point, he would have to go into such a detail. They're like, there's no way you made that up. <laughs> you just went 12 minutes. 
So um, I, I wrote down this line because I thought it so perfectly uh, encapsulated the, the first part of the documentary. Uh, and this is Giancarlo talking. I was a horny 20-year-old. There's really no other explanation than that. I thought that pretty well summed it up. Fair enough, Giancarlo. Yeah. The crazy thing is, is it, it quickly turned from like a, a sexual story to a almost manipulation and control story. Because once he was in, they completely controlled his life. So they offered him this, um, basically he was the, the manager of a extremely expensive real estate development in Miami that he would have otherwise had no reason to be the manager of. Um, and they, like, they made him feel special and like they were just casually meeting with Trump as this 22 year old guy that was just put, putting out towels by the pool. Like they brought him into a world that he so desperately wanted to be in. And he didn't really have a choice like to leave if he wanted to maintain any, any of those ties. That first time when she asked him to go up to the room or whatever, mm -hmm. he's got to be thinking it's a prank or something. Well, he called his sister and said, this is what I'm doing in case something goes wrong. Like, that's a red flag. Like, I want you to know, to know where I'm at. Um, some interesting other, other things um, like... Uh, they, they would frequently, him and Becky would, would disappear for a while during like family vacation. So much so that they had shirts made up that said, where's Becky? And she was just always with homeboy. And it ended up, so give us an update. Fallwell currently. Um, I mean, down the, down the stretch, he went full blown, like this is the deep state that's trying to take right. me down, um, that kind of stuff. But, but eventually I eventually mean, had to. He is no longer at liberty. I believe they sued him um, for breach. Of, I don't know exactly for what, um, but he's kind of out of the out of the world. Basically, it's tough to come back from. Yeah. And we're talking generations deep. Yeah, I mean his his dad essentially started the uh, pro life movement in this country. Um. The at the end when initially the the news came out, he tried to throw Becky. Uh, or speaking of Jerry Jr., he tried to throw Becky under the bus. He was like, "Don't you know? Don't blame this on me for my wife's kink." And uh, it's it's quite a move. And honestly, one, I'm surprised that any husband can come back from trying to throw the wife under the bus so so substantially. Like, what do you think their current day to day life looks like? Still got money, right? Honestly. Probably looking right. for the next Giancarlo. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't. They they don't have the the political pull that they used to, um, and I'm sure they've been run out of most of your mainstream evangelical groups. But like, there are extreme wings of of both of those uh, groups that I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way to to latch on somewhere. And honestly, he's probably got a podcast. Let's be honest. Come on the podcast, Giancarlo. Giancarlo, I would gladly take on the yeah. podcast. I'm not so sure about Jerry Jr. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a uh, it's an interesting watch. You'd, I would definitely recommend it. Um, one more th one more thing I want to mention, and I, I I take this across every part of life. The people you see on TV, the people that are singing, are playing a sport, are pre even preaching to you. You don't know them. Mm -hmm. If you don't know them personally, and even honestly, sometimes if you do, but if you don't know them, you don't know them. You don't know them. And, you know, it's, it's really easy to, to defend your, uh, the power forward on your basketball team, the uh, guy running for your party's ticket to whatever. Like, you don't know these people. And I feel like that's something that is prolific as some of these influencers, you know, whatever are like, you have to keep things in, in proper perspective. I agree. It, uh, it's the, a tale as old as time that creeps its head seemingly every day, every week, every month. What, what are we doing next? I, I don't, I don't know. Untold Johnny Manziel. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get back to the football. I'm going to watch that one for us a, a second time as well. Um, first one, I was kind of in and out and didn't catch the finer points. But there's – Manziel's always going to be an interesting one to me because it was 
a phenomenon like here's the him and Manti were same year of college football. It's crazy. That is a lot of drama packed into one year. Pop quiz. Who was the third one at the Heisman ceremony? Oh, I know this. Um, Doesn't get any more boring. Oh, it was Colin Klein. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Manti, Johnny Manziel, Colin Klein. That's. Um, but. What a year. He was a star that. Yeah. We'll save it for the doc, but you don't see too many college football stars like that that came out of nowhere. Sure don't. And he. Yeah, I got the best of them, but well, <laughs> definitely one way of putting it. <laughs> we'll do Untold Johnny Manziel next week. It's a, I think it's a nice quick one. You'll enjoy. Yeah. Um, and we uh, maybe down the line we'll uh, dive back into Untold Manti with Renaya. Yeah. What a, what a documentary. What a story. But what a. I haven't watched many of the Untolds, but all that I have, they've been pretty good. The Malice of the Palace one was yeah. really good. Um, and then there was a fourth one I watched that I can't remember. But they're, uh, yeah, they're. Should, uh, we should do the Malice of the Palace one too. That's definitely worth digging deep into. We could also do because the one that I have not seen yet. If you want to, I haven't done Swamp Kings yet. The Florida football oh, one. Yeah, let's do that. Let's we, do that. We can circle back to Johnny Football. He'll always be um, there. Yeah, I heard it. They kind of left some things out of Swamp Kings, but shocker. But uh, yeah, that'll be. F- Everyone talks about everyone on the football and basketball team on campus. Same time, everyone forgets Brian Lochte. <laughs> he was also there. <laughs> all right. Uh, with that being said, we will catch you guys all next week.